Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen, President and CEO of Peppershock Media and founder of the marketingexpedition.com. And today we have with us TG Thomas. He is a client conversion coach and six-figure sales expert. He has been happily married for 23 years and has two amazing children. TG helps coaches and consultants get maximum results with their organic and paid marketing efforts. And he shows them how to get more clients from consultations and strategy calls. He has personally produced over half a billion dollars in sales using his unselling system, which we're going to talk about today. He loves serving people and who love to serve others. And he enjoys teaching how to get more clients using his integrity-based sales approach. Welcome to the show, TG. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, okay. I just want to know, um, what's the secret to being married for 23 years? Well, <laughs> uh, that, that you have to marry as, uh, someone who's a better salesperson than you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's Actually, awesome. It's a lot of communication. That's good. That's good. And you have two children. Uh, how old are they? Uh, my daughter, actually, she'll be 21 in a month and a half and my son will be 14. So yeah, she's, they're getting big 21 and 14. I would say. Wow. Oh, it's the 21st birthday. It'll be, yeah. that's, that's always a fun thing. <laughs> huh? Well, okay. Let's talk about uh, the unselling system. What does that mean to unsell? So I, uh, I, I've actually been, I've been doing unselling for, oh my gosh, a couple of decades now. And I never ever had a name for it. I just was like, it's, it was a question based selling approach. And then I sat down with a pretty famous marketer one day. We were brainstorming what I was doing. He says, man, all you're doing is you're doing anti-high pressure. You're undoing all the, you know, the, the bad things. So then we just say, well, unselling, right? So that's where it came out. It's unselling this anti-high pressure. A lot of times when people are selling, they, there's a negative stigma attached to it of, of you know, like the, the sleazy, you know, car salesman type. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, which, which, which really isn't fair because there's a lot of good car salespeople out there. Right, uh, but, right. Well, and they're yeah. necessary, right? We have to yeah, have them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that image is, uh, is, is stoked to people's own that you're sales. A lot of times people say, oh, I'm not a salesperson. I don't know how to sell. But they think it's a bad thing, but it's actually a really good thing. So unselling just means anti-high pressure. It's an ethical way to get people to say yes. Awesome. I like it. And you help other coaches and consultants do more of that for them, right? And and so tell me about what your niche is and who you serve and why you serve specifically coaches and consultants. Yeah, I work mostly, it seems like the most of my clients are like the transformational coaches, people that are either doing like mindset, life coaching, business coaching, success coaching, uh, but really anyone that sells via consultation, I can help. I mean, even if it's a realtor, accountant, it doesn't really matter. If there's a consultative approach to selling, I can help them. I used to work with salespeople um, mm -hmm. and I just realized that, you know, salespeople, a lot of them like to just make money. They just, you know, make commission, which is mm -hmm. nothing wrong with making money, right? That's really a lot of what was driving them was I need to make as much money as I can. And then I started working with uh, some coaches as clients. And then I was realizing, wait a second, these individuals like to serve. Mm -hmm. They want to help people. They're, you know, and, and most of them were not good salespeople. They were just, either passionate about what they did or 
just wanting to help people. But a lot of them were not really serving the market that they wanted to. So I decided to work with coaches and consultants more because, it, you know, deep down it seems that like they want to help people and serve more. My selling approach is really matching that because it's not high pressure. It's uh, an integrity-based approach, which takes the sale out of the picture and you focus just on helping people. So yeah, that's how I start working mostly with coaches because they like to help people and that's really what the program is all about. Let's talk about your background. Where did you come from? What gave you the right to be able to teach these people how to not sell <laughs> the unselling system? Give me, give me like a path yeah. of what got you to where you are now. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, I, if you look at where my, like my degrees was, I went to university, you, you would think, wait a second, how does this guy ever know how to sell? Because my degrees were in mathematics and engineering. Oh, wow. Which are really analytical. You know, it's not like, yeah. I, you know, uh, you know, whatever uh, philosophy or this or that, where, you, where you're thinking a lot. But I've been a thinker. I, I, I like to think and I like to ask questions. So what happened was I first, my first job was teaching. Okay, um, it was yeah. hard to get a job in Philadelphia, which is where I grew up. My wife's the Texan, so I came down to Texas, but I grew up in Philly, and it was hard to get a job, so I started working with these kids, and it was really cool. I was like, man, this is really nice. I'm not making that much money, but I'm enjoying what I do it. I'm doing, but little I know was going to change my future, because what happened was I was working in a special math program that uses something called the Socratic method of teaching, which means you could only ask questions. Not like some of the time, you had to ask questions nonstop. You were not allowed to make any statements at all. Wow. So it was a challenging program, but you know, I, I was amazed because these kids, and when I say kids, I started with fourth, fifth, and sixth, but I eventually started going all the way up and teaching college level. And uh, they were getting discoveries that you would just, would just blow your mind. I had kids in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade doing high level algebra, calculus. Oh things that you would never see being done because you know the way that it was being taught and they were discovering things on their own. So it, I, the beauty of questions came to me at that time. Then when I was selling, I just started asking more questions and asking more questions with depth, different types of questions, you know, needs awareness questions, needs development questions, these type of questions to get people to start telling me a little bit more about what it is that they want. And that's why I look at sales. You don't have to use high pressure if you care about people and really find out truly what it is that they want and desire and your program or service is going to get that for them, well, they should buy. So. Right. I mean, that's what I think. If they're sitting in the room or in a Zoom room with you or, you know, on a phone call with you, obviously they're interested in what you have to offer. It's just right. a matter of getting them from, from point A to point B and, and, you know, being able to close the deal. Right. And, and, exactly. and your approach is really making it so that they kind of sell themselves. Right. That's exactly. They're they're much better salesmen than 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 this, you know than than you me or anybody else that's doing the selling. When people can sell themselves, yeah, yeah, they're they're convincing themselves. I love that. Right. Yeah. So tell me about some success stories of people that you've helped that you've served. You know, I love that they they serve. So you're serving the servers, right? <laughs> so yeah. Tell me something that's uh, a story, if you will, that kind of highlights what you've done for them and how you've helped them. Well, I mean, I, this, I guess there's a lot. Of, I've had so many people on at Hall. Um, one, st one situation that sticks out, uh, he's actually a, a coach for uh, couples that are trying to conceive. So oh. he's actually, at, uh, I, I forgot his title, but I guess fertility like a, a coach fertility or coach. But he's a fertility coach that has, is non-surgical. So he was showing me some stats. And uh, like over the last 20 years, he's been doing this. Uh, the success rate for conventional surgical was like 62%, you know, being mm -hmm. able to conceive in his process is 77%. Wow. 
wow. As great as he was, he was only converting one out of eight people. So still eight people will come to him. And then I started talking to him and I just started going through his process. And I have a specific process I have. You realize students. that that means one out of eight people, that means babies, right? I mean, how many babies he's done? <laughs> right, one out, of, one, out, one out of eight people that he consulted with to help, he'll yeah. help one out of eight. So eight, seven people <laughs> yeah. said no. I don't think you're going to help you with your converting higher, right? Right. So, so uh, I had to make a few changes, right? And I said, listen, you're you're asking the wrong because what he was doing is focusing on the feature of this program and how he helps people and the staff instead of the real reason. So the thing is, when people come to to want to conceive, there's a lot of things behind it, and sometimes it's not what people think. You may think, well, I just want to have kids, I want to do this, but it it could be family pressure. It could be the feeling like a, a self-awareness and, you know, feeling of, uh, uh, you know, a doubt and, and I'm not good enough for this or something wrong. This is an emotional. So I had him start right. focusing more on finding out that root, not the surface level, the deep why. Yeah. And his conversion rate went to 70%. So he's wow. closing seven out of 10 now. I just talked to him. You're responsible oh, for a lot of babies. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's awesome. At least non-surgically. So right, right. <laughs> so yeah, so, and I've got several stories like that. Where yeah, it's just simple things. And a lot of those people are like, man, I didn't know I could even do this. I, but it, I just did. It was natural because it is natural. So you're having a conversation. I just show people how to have conversations that, you know. But also, there's limiting beliefs that people's mindset have as well. I have right. people overcome that limiting belief. You know, maybe start you know focusing on charging what they're worth. Uh, not letting people take advantage of them and setting boundaries and things like that. So I do focus on that. And then I just show them how to have a conversation. That's awesome. I, I like that a lot. So that's, that is a good success story. That's uh, <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> so for our listeners, how do you think um, they can get value from doing this unselling system? What do you think that they can see if they were to utilize your services? Really, one of the things that I always tell people is, is most of every coach that I talk to, they have good intentions. They, they have good intentions. They want to do the right thing and they just can't pe- find people to serve. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's, it's a commoditized interest industry, right? I mean, if there's a mindset coach or a life coach or market, digital marketer, there's a lot of people out there doing it. And there are a lot want, out there. Yeah, you don't want to be uh, the, you're talking to them and they're like, hmm, let me see who the cheapest is. Because, you know, you don't want to be known as the cheapest. You want to be known as the most effective, right? I don't know if I want to go to a life coach that's the cheapest out there. That could ruin my life. There's a lot of people that do. There's some people that do. But again, I tell people that's not your market. I mean, you don't want to go with somebody just caring about getting the cheapest life coaching. You want people that are going to get impact. So I always tell, you know, uh, my clients to make sure that they really sit down and really get what they want clear, get clarity on what it is that they want. And then look at what, how they've been doing it. And most often than not, people get excited. They don't always answer people's questions. They don't make them feel good about the process. And if they are wanting like A, B, and C, I want these three things. And then their features are focusing on D, E, and F. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no you know, congruence there. So I have a lot of my clients like listen to their conversations. Uh, look at how they formulate their outline or scripting and make sure that the questions that they ask are focused on that person, just focusing on them. Now, before you, you meet with them, you want to establish some sort of credibility for yourself by you know, letting people see testimonials, you know, websites, things like that. But when that call starts, you just focus on them. 
don't cut people off, which is, I hear that a lot of calls, the coaches will cut the, the person off when they're talking. And I don't know about you, but me personally, I hate getting cut off. Yeah, oh, I know, I have to watch mobile. myself. <laughs> if I'm on T-Mobile or something and they start cutting while I'm talking, I, you know, people don't like that. So the client, the prospective clients are the same way. They don't want to be cut off, they want to be heard. They want to feel like the person I talk to really truly cares about them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it does become a commodity. You know. It does. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I don't want the cheapest life coach. No, thank you. No. <laughs> so does the coach have a coach who's inspired you or who's helped you along the way? I do. And I think, I think all people, if they really focus on it, can't, cause I've had some people say, Oh, I don't need a coach. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, you know, and that cup is full, well, that's not always the best thing. So, okay. I mean, even the most successful people out there, presidents have coaches, you know, Tony Robbins as a coach. I mean, there's, the coaches are just people that have experiences. And the way I look at it, it's somebody that kind of, uh, kind of shrinkens my, shortens my learning curve. So when I was first getting into learning how to do business, I would hold money close to my, you know, uh, mm-hmm. wallet. Not, I don't want to spend anything else. I want to learn free for free. And now I'm like, man, if I had to spend a thousand dollars or five thousand or ten thousand to get information that can potentially make me. 5x or 10x that I'd be more than happy to do it so uh yeah I do have people that uh, inspired me when I first came in I was inspired by people like Zig Ziglar uh uh, Tom Hopkins and you know uh there's a bunch of other books one of my favorite books is a book by uh Ron Willingham called Integrity Selling the 21st Century so there's a lot of books like that that I'll read but I do have you know my own advisors and coaches and things like that that I go to because you know I don't I don't know everything I don't have all the answers selling wise I like to think I do but there's a lot of other things other than selling that I need help with right 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 and when I got to listen to you speak uh, for on the veranda with um, Shelly Yorgison who is a queen at networking she's awesome yes, she is awesome. Uh, one of the things that you said that i did and uh i thought it was genius is that when you go to a conference or you first listen to somebody or you know even this podcast what should you do what did yes. you tell people we should yeah. do yeah i tell people every time i talk i do this so what i say and, and if you're all listening to uh raise this podcast and you should definitely do this you're going to get a lot of value is open up your calendar now if you have google calendar iCal or one of those physical workbooks, date books, just take it and put two times into your calendar. And the reason that I came up with this, I was sharing with you earlier, was I'd run into people at conferences that were taking pictures on their iPad and taking all these copious notes, and they would never, ever look at them again. And I'm guilty of that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you do it with the good intentions. You're like, man, I really want to dig into this later. But, you know, if you have kids, you get home, kids are, have this issue, and then, oh, no, I, I mean, I just found out before this, podcast that we're, our AC is leaking. So we have a big leak in the thing that uh, we're trying to get somebody out there. So all stuff can happen, right? You don't expect yeah, life happens, and life yeah. happens. But if you do what I'm going to share with you now, then regardless of all that stuff, you'll find a way to get it done. And so I say take two dates in your uh, calendar. One day can be like later today or maybe tomorrow. I wouldn't set it too far off. And the second date could be a few days after that. But the first date is uh, what I call a review uh, a review date and you can make like a, I would say an hour is really good block off an hour and what you want to do is either want to listen to the, this podcast again or re- look over your notes as a review so you can kind of see what you talked about what you jog your memory the second date that you book is an implementation phase where you actually 
implement and do things. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not taking action, you are fooling yourself. You have to take action. One of my favorite sayings is that uh, imperfect action always trumps perfect inaction. You just got to, you just got to do stuff, you know, learn, you know, make mistakes. Don't worry about getting your desk looking perfect and, you know, your pencils all arranged and, and all that kind of stuff. No, just get into taking action, take action. So if you do this consistently with really any, any type of webinar you attend or conference or whatever, you're going to get a lot more value because you'll implement and do things that you learn. Yeah, no, I love that. And I did do that. I, I scheduled awesome. a few times from your talk last time. So, uh, and I actually shared some of what I learned with my staff too, so that they could glean from me attending and listening to you speak, then I can share it and, you know, do some knowledge share with them as well. So awesome. that was, that's, that, that was my action too. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me, what are your goals and, and what are you setting the stage for after we come out of this pandemic and, and all the things that are happening with COVID? Um, and, and like, what is it that you see is going to be uh, your your future in the next, let's say, I don't know, six months to a year, five years? So one of the advantages that I have is I, I was preparing, I mean, not for a pandemic, but I had prepared <laughs> for working from home. I used to travel a lot. I used to speak on a lot of stages and do different things. And it was really tiresome. Now my kids have been homeschooled. So yeah. that, that way was kind of fun because we were able to travel to places like Indonesia and Thailand and Curacao yeah. and all over the world. That way I could, we could teach them history by actually going to places. But at the same time, it was very, it was tiring. You know, it was, especially mm -hmm. when the kids were younger, especially my son, it was going through time zones and, and allergies and all that. So I always start preparing for a life outside of that. And it really has helped because all my businesses are, are online right now. Perfect. So I've been prepared really well for that. So, uh, I mean, with each business I have, I've got different goals. Like I've got a, my own sales team. So we have goals set on revenues and, and hiring mm -hmm. numbers and, and all those type of things. Uh, and then my, uh, with the uh, consulting company, we, again, we say, I have, I have a pretty big team as well. And we sit down and we just go over our numbers, our metrics, our goals, where we're at. A lot of it always comes out how many people we want to help, like how many mm -hmm. people we're looking to help and get through a process and get to another stage. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, the, the, me in terms of the pandemic and being prepared, it's really helped that I was already doing it a few years mm -hmm. beforehand. But now a lot of the conversation I'm having with my clients is revolved around getting them online and, you know, yeah. it's new to them. It's new to people who are used to networking and mm -hmm. talking to people and physically shaking hands and all that. It's, it's a new world. And right, right. Now, now we have to use our elbows or, you know, fist bump or something, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not even at all, right? I, it's so hard. I go in for to shake somebody's hand and I have to like stop myself, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. We don't go, we haven't ventured out too much, but there's been a couple of instances where I had to just think, wait a second, I don't, you know. Wait, yeah. Stop. I can't really do that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's definitely going to change the way things are done. Has has the pandemic affected your business at all in, in a positive or a negative? Or is it kind of neutral? Or have you increased uh, the amount of what you're doing with people because of the pandemic? It hasn't. There hasn't been any negative increase. I've done some different things. I have some, I've pivoted. I've done like some summits mm -hmm. and uh, some workshops with some friends that I normally wouldn't do. Uh, you know, so there's more collaboration, I guess. So with, with me, it's probably more collaborative type of things, more J joint venture mm -hmm. type activities. Uh, nothing's gone down. Um, Good. 
we're just uh yeah it's just it's, it's very yeah because i haven't looked to scale too much like you know because we scale mm -hmm. within a certain way so i would say it's it's pretty much the way that it's it's been the things will be some of the business model like joint ventures and mm -hmm. workshops and summits that i've done that's been a little bit different the virtual virtual workshop yeah the virtual yeah exactly yeah it's definitely shifted for us in that and we we usually do a culture and brand camp every year in person so it's like an adult day camp and we completely had to put it all virtually right it was a little bit different than what we normally do but we made it work and i think that's what we're seeing a lot more or and or people are doing hybrid right there maybe there's people attending but in small groups but then they're also streaming it live. I've seen right. that happening a lot. We, we've, we do live streaming um, and, you know, have a switcher in video. And we actually just did a funeral, a like, live stream funeral, which is new. Like I never thought in a million years that that's something we would, you know, be asked to do, but it's, it's yeah. definitely the sign of the times, right? <laughs> yeah. My cousin is getting married. We were actually, before the pandemic, he had to get a center to save the date, like around January or February. <laughs> So we were planning yeah. on doing that and then all the pandemic came, but I just, we just got an invitation for a virtual wedding. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, I saw that. I was like, wait a second. I, that's kind of crazy. And then you start thinking, <laughs> Are you going to do the chicken dance? Happen. Like when it comes time to dance, I know. right? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how that's going to happen. I think what they're doing, they're just, they're just oh. going to have their immediate, like he's going to have his brother and sister, uh, parents, and that's it. It's like, yeah. nobody's going to be there except them, but they're going to, Put yeah, it all on virtual it. online, yeah. <laughs> and then well, they have to have the reception later. Maybe that maybe it's just the ceremony part, and then they'll have the reception maybe later. That's what my later. cousins did. Yeah, yeah. They just had a very small, and then now they're gonna they re, they moved the date to have the big you know party essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, once we get out of this, and, and my brother had a, a drive-by. I think they call it. Pop, I don't know if it's a pop-up birthday or something. Oh yeah, yeah, a drive-by birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my nephew had his birthday, and they had his giant signs on the Aww. front door and so we just hand everyone there's like a caravan of cars dropping off gifts he was <laughs> five minutes with a mask just just staying high from like six feet that was right it. from social distancing yeah, for sure. so like, well, that's so like, good i'm glad that they had a moment right we, we also did yeah. some virtual graduations too because the you know walking and being in you know too many people at a graduation ceremony so we had uh virtual graduation which is it was different right i mean we played the pomp and circumstance music and boy that was stuck in my head forever but it was good <laughs> it was a good moment to get them um uh the high school seniors a way to still have their you know ceremony and celebrate and kind of you know do the cultural things that we do but it's definitely different <laughs> absolutely yeah it's, it's it's a different norm we got to get used to for a little bit i think yeah so I want to know, how do you market your business? How do you get new business? Is it strictly word of mouth? Do you do any Google ads? Do you do, what kind of things do you use in your business to help you get the word out there and, and, and get new clients? Yeah, I used to use to do a lot of Facebook ads, um, but the cost, cost of acquisition was, is, was basically going up. So mm -hmm. we're actually doing, a, there's a couple of things. One is I'm doing a challenge. And we're just doing this kind of this is a this is a this so this is a new model that we're trying just just to kind of see how it goes and we should be doing it in, in August. Okay. Uh, sometime in August. We we set the tenth, but I'm sure I think it's gonna get pushed back with because there's a couple of things we're doing that's kind of bumping it back. But yeah, I do I do a lot of joint ventures, uh, a lot of organic. Um, mm -hmm. I used to do uh, it really depends on the business. I've got one business that's all affiliate driven. So mm -hmm. that's all affiliates are basically what drives it. I don't really have to do anything. It's just an affiliate driven model. 
my sales team is basically referral. You know, we, we have a waiting list of people that want us to sell for them. So those are really simple. The, uh, the consulting business a little bit, that's when we used to do a lot of Facebook ads and now we moved to organic. Mm-hmm. So uh, we yeah, do a lot of JVs, a lot of joint ventures, a lot of list building and, and doing things through the list. And that's actually been working out really well. Uh, the, the pay traffic was, it was good for a while and then it just got expensive and it just didn't make mm-hmm. any sense, you know, to just yeah. uh, acquire a person that may or may not say yes, which is getting really expensive. So this way we're, I, I have a big team. So the organic outreaches and things that we do right. seem like they're working pretty well without having to do ads at the same time. So. Are you finding that email is increasingly harder to, to use and get through? Have you found that at all with what you do? It is. I mean, for one of my lists, it's uh, not that the open rates are still pretty high because uh, it's in the, like the health niche. It's mm-hmm. not like internet marketers and digital marketers, things like that. Uh, but yeah, for the, for the marketing overall, I, I've got a still a pretty good reach and I've got a good open rate and response mm-hmm. rate, but it's, it, but it definitely has evolved. It's, there's yeah. a lot more skepticism and, you know, people getting hit by a lot of offers. And so, yeah, so I'm more targeted when I, when I, when I use it, but yeah, it, it, it has changed a lot since when I first started doing it years ago. I've seen, I've seen that happen too. It seems like it's kind of starting to, slowly slowly die a little bit <laughs> but you know have to make up other ways to do it linkedin seems to be doing pretty well have you um have you used linkedin a lot i have i actually i'm newer to linkedin it has been a lot I'm, i probably six months six to eight months that i'm using it uh, but it's been working out pretty well uh, i do more outreaches on there mm-hmm. um, and that seems to be going pretty well it's still new i don't have as much data on it but i i'm excited about the future of linkedin yeah, me too. Because it's a different audience than Facebook. You know, it's, it's a different, right. it's a different audience. Well, and it seems like a lot of people will be on LinkedIn because they'll be looking for jobs, unfortunately. And so I think LinkedIn is definitely going to be used a lot more than before. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me looking for employment. I actually had an interview this morning as well. And it's just, it's a different type. Like I've had people reach out from Facebook mm-hmm. to, to, you know, for, you know, to work for me. And then from LinkedIn, it's just different types of people. It <laughs> just really right. Is. Yeah, it seems like I'm running into a lot of SaaS people on LinkedIn lately. A lot mm-hmm. of people are used to uh, a certain regimented type of routine and schedule. And almost everybody on LinkedIn wants to have a uh, base. Like I hire a lot for my sales team and they, everybody from Facebook would be happy to get a job. Mm-hmm. And everybody on LinkedIn wants to have a base and this and that. So it's just, it's just different. It's a different yeah. you know, approach with sure. a mindset. But you can get clients on both of them. Really just depends who you're looking to target. That's why targeting is so important. Having your avatar dialed down is super important. Yes, indeed, for sure. One more question, you ready? Yeah. Okay, how can people get a hold of you? How can they uh, find out about what it is that you're doing? And uh, I think you also had uh, something that you wanted to gift our listeners. Absolutely. So I have a, I, and I don't know if you're gonna put the link somewhere else so they can get it, but there is a link uh, for a free gift. So I, I released this course when I first started doing unselling, there was this gentleman that I met who was a super, super successful marketer. He had made over $150 million, uh, you know, using old school marketing tactics and techniques, uh, direct mail, facts on demand, physical books and things like that. And he had a hardcore sales team that used high pressure. And he was telling me about it. And I started telling him what I did and he was like, Oh, that's not going to work. It's, 
you know, I've been doing it this way for all these years and we're making good money. And I'm like, well, how do you feel about what you're doing? I mean, it's not really the best way to say it. Well, that's where we're all we're training. That's what we always did. So uh, I actually start sharing with him what I did and I told him to implement certain things. So he implemented and his sales team had more revenues than they ever had implementing what I did, but I taught him. So you had he, to basically reverse engineer, you know, so see, that's where the math and engineering comes in for, for you. You can, you can reverse, reverse engineer what people <laughs> are doing. Exactly. So, uh, so then he said, listen, can I interview you? But I want it to be raw. So he did a four hour interview. Now I did it over four weeks, but we did record it at one hour, but it was unscripted. There's no script. And I called the deep dive audios. So I was selling this for like a thousand dollars. And people loved it. They loved it because I, I got them this the, the real, it was good audio yeah. that that little they could listen to these audios and create a six-figure income. But I also included some manuals and PDFs and things like that with it. So as a gift for your listeners, I've got a link. It's uh, www.unsellingtraining.com forward slash free slash gift. So I, hopefully there's somewhere you can put that so they just click on it. But yeah, so if they click on that, they're going to go to an order form. This is a live page, so I don't want you to pay the $9.97. So you have to put the promo code POWER, P-O-W-E-R. If you do that, you get it for free. That's awesome. But use it. If you get it, don't say, oh, okay, I'm just going to add this to my stack of free gifts. But I'll tell you that if you use, listen to it, and it is audio, so it's not like you can watch it, right? Put it on your uh, mm -hmm. iPhone or iPod or whatever, you know, everyone's using nowadays. And I have people tell me they listen to when they go for walks, when they're on the treadmill, when they're riding the bike. And they just like, oh my gosh, this is, it's been amazing. So listen to it, definitely let me know. If uh, anyone wants to get all of me directly, especially after you listen to it and give me feedback, my email is tg, which is T-I-J-I at unsellingsystem.com. So that's my email that I check. So if you have any questions, if you want to know a little bit more about what I do as well, you can let me know. But take advantage of the gift, listen to it, and just let me already know how, how it worked out for you. I'm, That's I'm awesome, PB. Thank you for doing that. And I, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to go and <laughs> I'm going to go listen Good. to those audio books. That's awesome. Thank you very much for your time and sharing your, your inspiration and knowledge and all the things that you uh, have done in, in, in your path. And I think it's definitely uh, worth following you and, and doing more with you. So thank you for, for your time doing that, DG. I really appreciate it. You bet. It's been fun. It's, it's, uh, it's, it was great. Thank you so much for having me, having me on your show, Ray. Awesome. And uh, for the listeners out there, if you haven't yet visited themarketingexpedition.com, you can listen to this podcast and many others, as well as uh, get some downloadables and some marketing inspiration and ideas uh, to help you in your journey in getting more marketing and building your brand and your bottom line. So go to themarketingexpedition.com. And thank you for listening. And until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. 
we help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.